Welcome to the Diary of a Fabric Designer. My name's Jen, I am your host, and today I am super, super excited because I am joined by the amazing Susan of Susan Felicity Designs from all the way over in WA, the most remote place in Australia. And yeah, she's here today to share with her, share with us heaps of information about her, her business. Hi, Susan. Hi, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. I think I'm, I'm really excited to have you on here and be chatting with you today. I know that we've connected previously through my other workplace and, you know, happy circumstance that we did because Absolutely. now... Great, great synergy there. And you're, you're yeah. doing surface pattern design as well, which is really pleasing to hear. Absolutely. So what we're going to be doing today is just having a little bit of a chat about Susan, her journey, where she's at and where she's aiming to go. So I guess for a start, tell us a little bit more about yourself, Susan. Well, I'm a surface and textile um, designer these days. Still not completely full-time, but working very hard to get there full-time. I do about four days a week at the moment. Um, And, yeah, so it's pretty exciting, actually, at this stage of my life to be getting back into textiles. Um, Yeah. Nice. So we're going to start with some stuff that's a little bit sort of funny and fuzzy and I guess if you could go back and tell your younger self a piece of advice knowing what you do now what advice would you give yourself say at 20? I would definitely say to have more confidence in your own abilities. Um, Back in the day when I was your age things the world was a very different place Fortunately for young people these days, there's a lot more opportunity to engage with the world through digital platforms, which just didn't exist in my younger days. Um, So now you can have the most amazing direct reach into other people's lives through social media. And that's exactly what we're doing today. And it's fantastic. So yeah it's a bit hard to give advice to somebody in a different technological space <laughs> a long 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 right. time ago <laughs> i love that you think i'm 20 by the way <laughs> i am most definitely i am almost 40 so thank you for the compliment i will take that <laughs> but i i really get what you mean it's so hard when our world has changed so much even just over the last 20 years and there's so many different things that we can do now that there's, I mean, we never would have met when I was 20 because when I was 20, I was living in South Australia and thought I would never leave. And I mean, since then I've lived all over the world. I've met the most incredible people, yourself included, and it's just so different. And I'm so glad that we do live in an age where we've got all of those opportunities now to connect with so many incredible people, right? Agreed. A hundred percent. Yes. Globally. So for a bit of a funny one, what is your favourite household item and why? (laughs) I laugh when I tell you. 
my favourite household item is actually my gel topper that goes on my mattress and my bed. <laughs> I just love to collapse every night into the comfort of it after all the daily challenges of an independent life. I'm a very hey. independent woman and I have lots of challenges every day with all sorts of things, not just my career but, you know, general household stuff as well, which everybody does. Um, so, yeah, my gel topper on my mattress is absolutely <laughs> the bee's knees. <laughs> I can completely understand that one. That's that's definitely a good answer. I've actually had someone tell me once their favourite household item was their cats, which I thought was a brilliant answer as well. But <laughs> it's just... I love asking people that because it gives you a really good insight as to sort of what's important. And at the end of the day, sleep is such an important process in being a creative. Like if you don't sleep and you don't look after yourself, you don't have the energy to be a creative person, right? Exactly. That's it. It's um, you've got to rejuvenate every night, every day, because being creative and running a business, uh, it takes an enormous amount of energy, brain energy. Food feeds your brain, but you've got to have that sleep to really rejuvenate to get back to square one each morning. Oh, 100%. And I know you live pretty far north in WA, yeah? Yes, I'm in Karatha, up in the northwest of Western Australia, one of the most remote regions of the world. And it gets pretty hot up here. So at this time of the year, I get stuck inside a lot in the air conditioning simply because it's 36 up to 45 degrees outdoors, which is actually really good for surface pattern designing in the summer. <laughs> yeah, because you'd want to stay inside a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it literally cannot go outside during the day. You just start sweating and sweating and sweating. So, yeah, we have about eight months of the year, which are really nice weather, but summer is a real shocker. I lived in WA for about 18 months. I think we previously spoke about that. And... I could not handle the heat. <laughs> like today here in Melbourne, it is, I think, about 33 degrees and I'm dying, like absolutely dying. I have to have my air conditioner off in this room because it's so loud that I just I can't record with it on. But even having had the air conditioner on all day, you can see that the window that's next to me, for those of us that are listening, you can't see, but obviously there is a window to the left of me and it's most of the wall of my office and that's the western side of my house so oh. unfortunately yeah <laughs> my office is unfortunately the hottest room in my house and yeah the air conditioner is in the lounge room at the other end of the house so I have a little portable air conditioner and it's so noisy but I cannot fathom how hot it would be in Karatha and I completely understand where a gel mattress topper particularly in such a hot environment would definitely be amazing <laughs> so all good now other than surface pattern design what do you do oh I've got many hats Jenny I really have and um you know I don't know how much people are really interested in this for the podcast, but I've just come out of a um, 
pretty intense career in film and television, working for the Australian Broadcasting Corporation for many years. Um, and I was looking for something to make my life a little bit easier going into retirement, going out of that um, full-time work, lugging a camera around, interviewing politicians in 40-degree heat. And so I, I, I actually saw the ad on Facebook for Bonnie Christine's immersion, and I thought, oh, textile design. I used to do that a really long time ago. <laughs> my goodness. I wonder if I could go back into that sort of area. So I did. And, That's awesome. Um, I still do a little bit of freelance video, um, camera editing and uh, filming, and I also do a little bit of work for the National Disability Services as well. Um, uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm doing dedicated four days a week on my service pattern design career now to really get it um, up and running this year so that I can start to move into it more full time. Do you mind and sharing your age with us? I, <laughs> I don't mind at all. I'm not shy of talking about age. I'm 65 years old. And so when I say going into retirement, I really mean going into retirement. <laughs> um, because here in Australia, we have to wait until the age of 67 before we can get a pension. And even then, a pension in the Australian world now is really not enough to live on. No, time, not at all. By the time your generation get to my age, there won't be an Australian pension. No. Because superannuation will take, take over that entire space. So I've got a mix of super and a mix of pension in my life because of my age. And taking on something new at my age, um, you know, it might sound a little bit crazy, but actually <laughs> I really love it. I just love doing this um, repeat patterns in Adobe Illustrator. It's amazing stuff. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Look, I haven't even started the course yet and having just taken the really short course that Bonnie offered, like the intro to pattern design, I've already created so many patterns and just whittling them down to go, well, what's actually going to be commercially viable? What what do I want to put out there? You know, it's it's addictive. It's so addictive. And I think it's a great way to go into retirement, doing something creative that keeps you busy and sparks your juices and makes you excited. I think that's awesome. <laughs> And well, and I, we, we can do it now. We can all work on computers. You know, I'm actually pretty good on computers, technically as well as creatively. So, um, yeah, that, the challenges aren't technical at all for me. Um, but, yeah, I'm really looking forward to continuing to do it as I get older. And I don't see any reason why I can't. Absolutely. Look, you briefly mentioned before that you had previously worked as a textile designer. Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, so last century, when I was a bit younger, I worked as an artist in the Sheridan Sheep Factory in Hobart in Tasmania. 
And I also then completed a qualification in woven textile design, which at the time was run out of Sacheron House in Hobart through a local TAFE college. It was a real anomaly back in the day. It didn't happen anywhere else in Australia. And they brought some fantastic people out from the UK to teach it. Um, and then they moved on to the Canberra School of Art. So I followed them and I went on to do um, a Bachelor of Arts degree in textile design at the Canberra School of Art, graduating in 1984. Um, and I did try very hard to um, work as a designer, textile designer in Australia, but in 1984 it just wasn't really possible because it was at that time when most textiles manufacturing in Australia went offshore to Asia and countries where the cost of production was much lower. Um, these days there's a consumer swing against fast fashion and it's great to see millennial businesses moving back towards sustainable slow fashion textiles and local Australian designs. So I think it's a really good time to get back into it, is what I Absolutely. say. Absolutely. Yeah, then... I've noticed. I've noticed even myself, there's so many companies out there who are now both manufacturing, printing and doing everything with, you know, patterns in Australia, Australian fabrics, Australian produce to, you know, make those fabrics. And it's really awesome to see that resurgence in our industry homegrown, as well as the fact that it's awesome that we actually live in an age where even if there aren't enough companies in Australia for us to reach out to and say, hey, you know, I've, I've got these beautiful designs, would you like to work with me? Mm. We can now reach across the entire world. You know, mm. it's it's so easy digitally to to reach all those other companies. Is that something you do as well? Do you market to companies outside of Australia? Not at the moment. At the moment, my focus is more on my own production. So I took a huge leap of faith in myself <laughs> um, towards the end of last year, and I went into production. I had two collections, which I'd done both while I was doing immersion and then the year after. Um, <clears throat> and I decided to start my own fabric company. So I did a huge amount of research into the best textile printers, uh, particularly for the quilting and the homemakers market, um, modern makers and textiles. So I started communicating with them and found a really good one that I was happy to work with, made some samples. Actually, I got samples from a lot of different places, but in the end I decided to go with the one that um, I knew was already heavily servicing the industry in the US, the quilting fabric market industry. And I have to say that the quality of their fabrics that I've now taken delivery of are absolutely fantastic. So I can personally a... vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a whole stock of um, beautiful 100% cotton Ecotex fabrics 
printed with 40 of my own designs from two different collections, the um, what I call the Orchid Patch collection and the other one is the Ningaloo collection, which was inspired by a trip down to the Ningaloo World Heritage Area Marine Park a couple of years ago. So what I do is take all my own photographs and work up more designs from my own photographs. So you just um, started asking, just started answering my next question is how do you prefer to design? How do I prefer to design? I start with photographs that I've taken myself. Um, and this is always based on flora or fauna um, that are native to Australia. And at the moment it's only flora, but um, in future that will extend to marine creatures and other things. Because here in Western Australia, we have the most amazing biodiversity hotspots um, of flora and fauna. But my particular love is the flora because the, uh, the flowers here that are native to Western Australia are just so unique. And I'm not just talking about um, eucalypts, but there's so many other things that you wouldn't even know exist until you actually see them. Um, I love your patterns with the, the fairy orchids. I That is by far my favourite. I think they're absolutely beautiful. I'm very lucky that I have a whole bunch of Susan's fabric, which I'm currently turning into a very large quilt for a friend of mine. And it's... The fabric's just beautiful and even some of the fabrics I've turned into some clothes for my friend's little girl. So we're going to get some photos and uh, everything will be attached so everyone can see how gorgeous Susan's fabrics really, really are. I absolutely urge you to go and have a look at her website and have a look at all of her different fabrics because, yeah, you'll definitely find something that you love, I promise you. Oh, thanks, Jenny. I'm really looking forward to seeing um, those little dresses that you've made for your friend's daughter. And I think they're going to be absolutely gorgeous. And, yeah, I can't wait to share them out to everybody as well. And I, do I can't wait to else. see them on her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And, um, so I'm going to the... Um, Australasian Quilting Convention in April of this year, <coughs> excuse me, with my fabrics to see what sort of response I get in the eastern states of Australia. And, of course, there's a lot of people who come to that convention globally from other places. Um, but I've got a friend coming with me who's a really, really um, old-time friend who's a quilter, and she's made some quilts as well with my fabrics that we'll have on display. So I'm really Can't looking forward to, to that. that. And meeting all of the people who actually come to the event in April, April 13 to 16 in Melbourne. I will definitely be there and... 
a whole bunch of my friends. I have a craftinoon at my house once a month and a whole bunch of us from craftinoon are going as well. And definitely something I'm going to be recommending to everybody else who's doing immersion that's in Victoria or anywhere that can get here to definitely go because I think it will be such an amazing place to meet so many different people and to see some really, really beautiful designs and Oh, I'm excited. (laughs) It's like someone said to me, hey, they're opening Disneyland in Carlton Gardens. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Yeah, it's going to be really good because it's the first one that they've had for, I think, about four years because of COVID. Yeah. So that'll be really good to see everybody. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. So other than immersion, obviously, I'm going to guess that you would recommend immersion to anybody who's interested in textile design, yeah? Absolutely, and particularly beginners because Bonnie is such a good teacher for beginners. She gets down to the very, very basics and if you've never used Illustrator before um, and you're particularly interested in textile design, I would say the combination of the Illustrator tools plus the real focus on doing repeat patterns is a fantastic combination uh, to learn at the same time. And, you know, I know how they used to do them back in the old days before digital, (laughs) cutting them up into little squares and turning them around and doing all this stuff. Um, But... Once you get into doing it in Adobe Illustrator, particularly with Bonnie, um, it's just magic, absolutely magic. You go, ah, yes, that's how it's done, yes. And it's, you know, once you get the hang of it, it can be a real challenge in the beginning if you're not used to using digital tools. Um, And particularly Illustrator, some people find really hard in the beginning, but if you get those basic things right, the basic tools right, then you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, eventually you'll get it and it'll just become second nature. It's definitely second nature to me now, having done that. And while I was doing that course, I was also introduced to Barbell Dressler, who is doing another unit oh. this year inside Immersion. So she runs an Evolution membership out of Sweden. And she's now developed it into a course called Repertoire. Um, And she brings a really unique European historical pattern flavour to the learnings, which I particularly love because uh, having gone through art school many years ago, it just um, really embellishes the whole experience and rounds it out into something that make sense over time. You can see where all the different patterns come from, what their influences are. Oh, sorry, I've just got to turn off my phone. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay, no worries. And that historical bias that Barbell brings to her work is just really unique. I haven't seen it done by anyone else. Um, And I really love that because it just gives you the sense of, history you know of what is textile design and where it's come from and and all the different 
types of textile design in each country and in each um, field as well, the techniques that are used in different fields. So she goes through all of that, as well as doing Adobe Illustrator. So you learn how to do traditional patterns with a very um, historical flavour when you work with Barbell's group, which is quite different to Bonnie Christine's immersion, but putting them together, I would say, is just fantastic. Awesome. Well, that was going to be my next question. Are there any other courses you've taken you would recommend? So we'll definitely get the info for Barbell's course as well. That's fantastic. Thank you for that. She will be doing a a unit within your current this year's immersion. So you'll meet her anyway. Fantastic. (laughs) And I'm sure you'll be as impressed as I was. I love that there's such a diverse range of people who are doing courses within immersion and you know it's there's so many amazing people I've already met without even having started the course yet this is orientation week so you know when this is being recorded we're we're still waiting for immersion to start next week and the entire sentiment from everyone I've spoken to is just I want it to start now can we make this happen now please so I think it's amazing just how excited everyone is and what a diverse group it brings together and i'm ridiculously excited to be doing this course and forging ahead with my own path so it's awesome (laughs) so is there anything that you would like to ask me well jenny the one thing I would love to know about you is how you see your future careers, plural, progressing, because we all seem to have multiple jobs these days, either over time or running parallel, but turning a creative side hustle into a paying and rewarding career is a dream of many, I would say. Um, Absolutely. For me, uh, you have to do it on your own terms, not just follow someone else's path. So I know that a lot of the surface pattern designers now are taking on online teaching and quite often that seems to become their primary income source. But for me personally, I chose to go into production because I'm a very practical person as well as a creative. So now I've got um, a stock of physical assets, which makes me feel quite pleased and I've had great positive feedback from local West Australian fabric retailers and the quilting community so far. But you're based in Melbourne and I know I you're based in Melbourne with one of the online um, tools that are very important to get across if you've got your own website these days, which I won't yes. mention, but are you going to turn your <laughs> side am- hustle into something? I absolutely am intending on at some point in the future retiring from my current career that is my full-time job and turning fabric design into my full-time career. I think that's definitely, I've got about an 18-month to two-year plan for myself to get myself into a position where 
I can say, you know what company that I love currently working for, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to head off and do my own thing at this point. And what's actually really great is I did have a very open conversation with my manager about this and said, look, this is my intention. I love working for this company, but he, this is my dream. And he's like, right on, sister. <laughs> They've just been so supportive of we can see what a creative soul you are and we love how hard you work for us. And as long as that side hustle isn't interfering with the work that you're doing right now, that's fine. And it's, yeah, I'm really good at sort of keeping the two things quite separate for the most part in that I have my time where I do my day job, my time where I'm doing my side hustle and making my stuff happen. And it's definitely a balancing act. And I think I am very lucky that I'm an auntie to many and a mum to three cats. So they are a lot less demanding of my attention than three children would be, for example. Uh, my husband happens to be a very self-sufficient man as well. So while we do spend a lot of time together doing lots of fun things, he's someone who likes a lot of alone time and I totally respect that. And it's great because it lets me get on with doing my stuff as well. So... Yeah, I definitely need to get better at the eight hours worth of sleep a night. <laughs> I literally had a friend message me before and she's like, I noticed you started another business. Are you sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely slow, slow and steady wins the race. And I'm somebody with ADHD who... It can be very hard for me to do that slow and steady. I really need to, you know, have a very well thought out plan in front of me and set myself little goals so I always feel like I'm achieving something. And I think the the roadmap that Bonnie has given for how to really build yourself a successful career has been amazing for me. And I definitely took that roadmap and put it in a form that looks much better for my very technical brain. <laughs> and it's just been such a good guide to know I do have a way of making this dream a goal and ultimately a career. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's exciting. It's really about that carving out of time so that you've got time for everything, blocking it out into, um, into your schedule. So I put everything in my calendar now, <laughs> even putting out yeah. the recycling bin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know yeah. what? I think if I didn't have reminders for things, like my calendar that I do for work, I've just got reminders that are like, leave a note. And it's like, yes, <laughs> leave a note <laughs> just to make sure that I'm leaving notes on everything. And even, you know, with my course stuff, I've got little notes everywhere that say, cool, you've now painted this many paintings. Stop painting and go and put them on your computer and do something with them. Because otherwise I'll just sit there and, you know, spend all my days watercolour painting and never do anything with those watercolour paintings or sketching or taking photographs or, yeah. 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 I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'd love, I know exactly where you're coming from and um, I just love getting out there and, doing the inspirational work, taking all the photos in the fantastic places for all of the um, beautiful designs that I can make out of them. <laughs> um, I can't wait to see your Ningaloo Reef, like more from Ningaloo Reef, because I've been there myself and 
I love Ningaloo. Like the whole Ningaloo Reef area is just absolutely amazing. Um, and I went there on a tour with my ex, who I'm still very good friends with, and we talk about it all the time still over a decade later. And we went on a boat to go swimming with the whale sharks. Have you ever done that? I haven't, but... Um... I, everybody else I know has, <laughs> and I've seen so many photographs of whale sharks. It's just not funny. <laughs> I get so seasick, like ridiculously oh, me seasick. Too. Yeah, me too. So. I got on this boat thinking it'll be fine. This is going to be an amazing experience. This is so worth it. And I spent the entire trip lying on the deck going, oh, a pretty fish. (laughs) 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 Oh, my goodness. It was like $550 and I've never, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Jenny, (laughs) that's exactly why I do snorkeling rather than go out on boats because it's, (laughs) Quite amazing what you can see on the coral reefs. Right. And sometimes they're really tiny, tiny little creatures, but they have the most incredible colours that you can't believe until you see them. And I've been out there with my camera and captured some of these on video. And, and I tell you, it's just like the phosphorescent sea slugs and and things that you don't even know exist until you go there. Beautiful little It's amazing, snorkel. isn't it? Yeah, so snorkeling's the way to go. Yes, it's it. Oh, I did, I did a lot of snorkeling, like, straight off the sand as well, and I actually found myself swimming over a two-metre-wide cowtail stingray at one point, and I was like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> and it was yeah. right up near the shore. Like, I think it was maybe four metres out from the yeah. shore. So, yeah. you know, if you do get seasick, you don't have to go on a boat, stay near the shore and still see all the fun things. Yeah. So, I, I yeah, I hear you and I agree with you on that one. I'd rather just stay on the shore from now on. <laughs> and if you're into colour like I am, I just love coloured things. Uh, the corals are just absolutely stunning all up and down the West Australian coast, um, anywhere from... Broome, Port Hedland, Arthur, down through Geraldton and Exmouth, up to Exmouth. If you go on the right tide and you go out snorkelling, you'll see the most amazing colours on on creatures that don't even know exist. (laughs) I think there's a really big misconception across the rest of the world about Australia and what it's like and... I spent a lot of time when I was overseas explaining to people that Australia is not all red desert outback. Like we have metropolitan cities and there is so much colour and there are rainforests and colourful reefs and it is just, there is nothing in the world like Australia and how vibrant and colourful it is. And every state has something a little bit different about it that is so incredibly amazing. And it shocks me that there are not more surface pattern designers in Australia with the amount of inspiration we have right outside our doors. Like literally you can walk down the street to the nearest park and there is a plant there that you'll see that nobody else in the world has. And we're just so blessed and so lucky to have that incredible resource. Exactly, yeah. 
yeah, wherever you go, you can find things. You've just got to look closely, get a macro lens on your camera and take a sketchbook or an iPad with a um, drawing pencil and get into it. Absolutely. Well, look, it's been incredible chatting with you today, Susan. Thank you so much for your time. And are there any parting words you would like to leave us with for inspiration for other people looking to do surface pattern design? I would say um, get into it. Don't be scared of it and bring your whole self to the table. Um, just like you mentioned with your ADHD, I'm very fortunate at the moment to work for a company who um, celebrates neurodiversity. Um, I'm not neurodiverse myself, but sometimes I feel like a bit of a whirling dervish with everything I have to do because, you know, I'm just a one-woman band running a fabric manufacturing design company now. <laughs> But that sort of laser focus that you can get with different neurodiversities is really useful as well. So bring your whole self oh, to yeah. the table and um, don't worry about having to um, do other things at the same time. Like everybody has to balance lives now in all sorts of ways. So just keep at it and enjoy the ride would be my advice. I mean, if you're blessed with a neurodiversity, make the most of it, right? <laughs> exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Put the words right into my mouth. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Susan. Susan, It's been an absolute pleasure. And we'll be posting this podcast on all of the normal podcast channels. All of the social information will be below. So... Susan, I'll put all of your information in there as well. That will have a link to your website, a link to all of your socials. All of my links will be in the information below as well. Please do reach out and contact either myself or Susan if you have any questions. And I hope you all have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to The Diary of a Fabric Designer. Thank you, Jenny.